I'm Kurt Benkert, and this is Pocket Presence, powered by Sleeper. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Pocket Presence, episode 20. I'm your host. If you did not know, most of you do know because you're here to listen to me talk ball. I'm Kurt, and I have my coffee. Morning, beautiful. Also, quick little update. I've already recorded this one time. My computer decided not to save it, so we're going to dive back in on a second time round two and make it even better with even more juice. And also, Tyler's not here today, guys. For those of you who have been listening recently, Tyler decided to go to Maui. I believe it's Maui, maybe Hawaii. Hit a little mahalo and have a vacation. So shout out to Tyler. We'll see him next week. He did bring his setup. He's traveling today at the time of recording. He will be remote, and I hope to see him in a Hawaiian button-down. If not, he owes us something for the show next week. We'll have to figure out what it is. But man, we have a lot to talk about. It's been a crazy week, starting with Black Monday in the NFL, which those of you who do not know, that's the Monday after the regular season's over where all the coaches get fired for the most part. Trickles into a few days after that. It's been madness. We have a lot of vacancies. Chargers, Commanders, Falcons, Titans, Panthers, Raiders, Patriots, and Seahawks. It's crazy. The last two... A little more shocking than the rest. I know some of the others happened earlier in the week, but I think at this point in time, there's only a few places that are really, really desirable for some of these coaches to go to that don't have depleted rosters, that don't have a lot of shitty cap. And right now I'm kind of looking at the Falcons and the Chargers of the two top teams, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I want to start right now by talking about Bill Belichick, one of the best coaches of all time, if not the best coach of all time record-wise, is just a defensive mastermind, has a lot of respect from everyone in the league. 24 seasons with the Patriots, six Super Bowls. It's insane how much they accomplished, but I also think it's also time to move on with some people. And I'm excited to see what they look like. They're competing in a division right now that has a lot of young stars, a young, fresher-minded way of doing things. And I think right now, the way football is evolving, I'm glad that Belichick had an amazing career for himself. I'm excited to see what happens in New England next. I think everybody, like Tom Brady left, Belichick left. Okay, let's see what the Patriots can be without the cornerstone of their franchise and what it's been for the last quarter of a century. I'm excited to see how it plays out and what they do, what direction they go. So, Kraft, you're on the clock. Also, before we get into any more NFL, I have to give a shout-out to Nick Saban. Nick Saban, retiring from Alabama, kind of shocking, but I would not be shocked to see him move into TV. I don't think he's going to go to the NFL. I just... I think he's more of a TV guy from how I've seen him in interviews and whatnot. I think he's really stoic when he talks. I'm excited to see what happens with him as well. But this is this is crazy. In twenty in in all of his time at Alabama, he had 29 losses. How many first round draft picks do you think he had? Put the number in your head. 44, not including this year. That number will go up. 29 losses had more first round draft picks than losses. That is incredible. I don't know if it'll ever be done again. Maybe. I don't know if it's ever been done before. Probably not. But a hell of a career. I'm going to jump back to the NFL, though. I had to get the two goats out of the way first with this conversation because I think they they were due a segment, a little line or two. But now we got some more head scratchers. We have Pete Carroll now gone in the, with the Seahawks. And I thought I thought that he would be gone. When he said at the end of the year that he'd be coming back, I don't even know if the Seahawks gave him the option to come back as the coach. So that was already kind of like, huh, wonder what's going on there. But now, new reports have come out to say that he is going to be an advisor for the team. Removed from his head coach duties, will be an advisor to the team. We do not know what that means. 
But if I had to guess, an advisor of the team would be more upper management, more scouting department, more liaison to the GM type of role. Because I think when a new staff comes in, new head coach comes in, they're going to want their guys in the meeting rooms, around the players all the time. I see Pete Carroll is going to have to be more removed from the locker room than he has been in the past because I think it gets a little blurry with a former leadership role guy now not being in it and being around. The, like, I just, I think Pete Carroll is a great guy. All the reports that anyone has ever said about him has been nothing short of fantastic. And I just see him wanting to be around the organization. So I'd imagine it'd be more in the front office. But now you move to a completely different situation. You have Rabel gone. The Titans have been pretty good these last six years or so under him. They've made it to a few playoffs. But where did it all go wrong? I will tell you. There was a video that that was circulating the internet about when they traded A.J. Brown. You know, at the draft, all of these teams have these cameras in the room to see like live reactions of the coaches and whatnot. There was a video that went around of Vrabel being visibly upset, getting out of his chair, walking away from the table at the draft table, when it was announced that A.J. Brown was traded, which is always a decision from the GM and upper management. And you can see right then and there, they traded away. They got rid of one of his toys, dude. They threw away one of his toys, didn't get shit back in return. And I think that was the beginning of the end. And I don't, to be honest, besides living in Nashville in a great city, beautiful place to live, I'd imagine that Vrabel wants to be somewhere else as well. I don't know. I don't know the guy. But the way that that all went down and the reaction to that and just kind of like what they've given him to work with, I would say has been subpar at best compared to what these other teams and other, you know, all these other rosters get to play with. But I don't know. I'm not shocked that he's gone as much as I would think. But I, I would imagine that he's going to land on his feet well. He might even head back to New England, even though I think they should go younger. I think they should go fresh, more offensive-minded. But Vrabel's still a good coach. He can rally the guys around him. Players coach. He's relatable. He'll end up just fine. Now, going back, though, like we have we have the Chargers, the Commanders, the Falcons, Titans, Patriots, Seahawks, Panthers, Raiders. Like we have all these teams, right? And I'm telling you, I a lot of these teams are always on this list of who needs a new coach this year. I feel like in a in a three-year span, three to four year span, every single year, these teams, besides the Seahawks and Patriots, are always on this list. And I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the commanders. Like, who do they have on their roster? That's not really desirable to go to. Then you have to compete with the Eagles and the Cowboys every year in that division. Like, that's that's like climbing up a really tall mountain every year. Titans, maybe. Like, what type of draft capital do they have? What can they get? Who can they get in free agency? Like, that division is actually trending up with the Colts. The Jaguars, eh. Who knows what they're going to be with the Texans. The Texans look like they're going to be good for a long time. Are the Titans a team? Like, do you want to go to a division where everything looks really good across the board or teams are trending in that direction and they're trending down? I don't think so. You look at the Patriots, same thing. Patriots have to play the Bills every year twice. They have to play the Dolphins every year twice. Both are loaded up. And then the Jets should have Aaron Rodgers next year again. Like, that's no tall task. Or that is a tall task. That's no just, you know, walk in the park. I don't think the Patriots' job is desirable. And not to mention, you have to come and fill in the shoes of Bill Belichick, who's been reigning supreme over the last 24 years. That doesn't sound fun. Panthers, perpetual rebuild forever. Sell the franchise, move the team, Tepper's ass. Don't really have much to say about them, sadly. I wish I did. I think Charlotte's a great city. I think the fans are great. But sorry, Panthers, barely even a football team. 
and then the Raiders. The Raiders, the Raiders have a roster. They have a little bit of a roster. I think they do need like a, a higher ceiling quarterback, but that's probably third on the list of desirable. I'm looking at Chargers and Falcons, though. The Falcons have a star-studded offense minus a quarterback. They need a quarterback, which you can find one. It's been proven. You can find a quarterback. They're out there. But they have a bunch of studs on rookie deals for the next two to four years. That's something that is very promising for a coach and will give them time. They have a decent cap situation, not terrible, not the worst. Like They can make some moves. I wouldn't even be shocked to see the Falcons try to go after somebody like Justin Fields. I think that Justin Fields could elevate them. And the best part about the Falcons, they have a young roster. They're talented. That division sucks ass. Complete ass. The Saints, who knows? They barely they barely scratched and clawed their way to a decent record at the end of the year. The Panthers are abysmal. They'll be perpetually bad. And then the Bucs are limping their way into the round one of the playoffs. Like, I don't the Bucs are getting older. Saints, eh, I don't know. Panthers suck. The Falcons are the ones that are like this this diamond in the rough for a coach to go in, have a sandbox to play in, create some art, create some good stuff with the Falcons. And I think that they could go dominate that division kind of like the Jaguars did for a little bit of a stretch, right? Like I think the Falcons have what it takes to go be what the Jaguars honestly should have been. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. And then the Chargers, man. I think I think if Harbaugh goes anywhere, he goes with the Chargers. I don't think he goes anywhere but the Chargers. I don't think he's a Raiders guy. He's too clean cut for that. But I think the Chargers have defensive pieces. They have offensive weapons. And they just need somebody to tighten up the ship. The Chargers have been the the worst good team for the last three to four years. And I think Harbaugh can make them a good, good team. So that's how I see it playing out. I think, I think. But who knows, man. Be on the lookout for Bobby Slowick, for Ben Johnson, those OCs that are balling right now with the Lions, Texans. Those are guys that are high on my list. Dan Quinn, I would, I would love, I would love nothing else but to see Dan Quinn get another head coaching job. And I think that it'd be really cool to see him go back to Seattle where he first started the Legion of Boom, got his rise to fame as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. That'd be a pretty cool full circle moment over this last 10-year stretch for him. But that's enough of the coaching carousel. We will know more about this as it develops, as it unravels throughout the next few weeks. We got to get into DFS, man. We got a lot to talk about, and I think first things first, you guys know how I do my DFS entries. I look at games. I look at everything. I look at the weather. I look at how do I think the game's going to go, and then I work back from there. So we're going to roll through these. I'm going to start with Kansas City-Miami, and right now, that game is predicted projected to be minus 15 degrees feels like weather or feels like temperature with 20 mile per hour winds. What does that lend itself to? That lends itself to a hell of a running game. Being able to grip a ball while your hand is frozen like this and not be able to open your fingers makes it hard to throw the ball. They're going to have hand warmers. They're going to have everything they have, but negative temperature is negative temperature, and it's really hard, and they're going to lean more run than they are going to be passing this game. It's just the way it's going to go. So look for your rushing yards. Pacheco, I'm looking at you, 64 and a half rushing yards. The Dolphins' defense is super depleted. I think for the Chiefs to win, they're going to try to get Pacheco rolling. 64 and a half at it. Dolphins. What are they going to need? They're going to need rushing yards. I'm taking two as rushing yards. He's hit the over in the last two weeks. He's set at six and a half. That is one scramble. He's going to have to scramble. He's going to have to scramble if they want to have a chance, get a little third down conversion, whatever. Give me two over six and a half rushing yards. He's going to have to get involved. The other thing I would not touch, so now that we have those two rushes, don't touch Tyreek Hill's six and a half receptions. 
he might hit, but he's going to have to hit based on like jet sweeps that are little tosses. I don't see them throwing the ball a shit ton in this weather. I don't like it. And for the same reason, I don't like Kelsey over five and a half receptions. I'm going to slam Kelsey under five and a half receptions. I like it. Same thing. Rice, six and a half receptions under. I don't think this is going to be a throwing game. I don't. Take caution with Kelsey. I will say this. Take caution with Kelsey because if they are going to be throwing at all, probably going to throw in flats, sticks, short things. That's Kelsey's jam. Maybe he hits on some cheeky stuff like that, but that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. And then the line isn't set at the time that I'm making these entries, but look for eight chance over. If he, if it's forties, fifties, maybe even sixties, take it. It's not set right now. I'm almost inclined to say on a chan, anything over anything 70 or under take the over at this point, because we don't know the deal with Mostert. Mostert should be playing, but he is a little banged up. I think both those guys are going to be heavily involved. They're going to need this run game to be perfect to win this game. I think they have a chance. I actually do think they have a chance. So Take it for what it's worth. Now we're going to move on to another game, though. I like those entries. Mix and match. Do what you will. I'll actually tell you what my entry was for this game. I ended up just sticking with Tua over 5.5 rushing yards and Pacheco over 64.5 rushing yards. That's what I got. 3x multiplier, two legs on this entry. $50 pays $150. I like it. I like it a lot. So that was mine. And now going back to the weather, though, we have another weather game. We have Buffalo and Pittsburgh. 19 degrees, 45% chance of snow. Snow game. We love snow globe games. The Bills uniforms look really pretty in the snow. So does Pittsburgh. I think this is going to be all-time uniform matchup, potentially in the snow. Could be one of the prettiest games of all time. I'll tell you what, stats-wise, though, not. Just give me rushing yards. Give me Josh Allen over 38.5 rushing yards. Give me Jalen Warren over 36.5 rushing yards. I think that's low for Jalen Warren. I think that's two big rushes for him. I think he's going to get a lot of carries. I think Najee Harris is going to get a lot of carries too, but he's been on the injury report, missed a day of practice, got a little knee deal. Look, the Steelers didn't even expect to make the playoffs and they're here. They're just happy to be here. I think they're going to feed Warren. I think they're going to keep the ball on the ground. My whole entire play on this one right now is literally just Josh Allen over 38 and a half rushing yards, Warren over 36 and a half rushing yards. And then I sprinkled in a little James Cook, 66 and a half rushing yards, because I think he has to have a game. I think they need to keep the ball on the ground. That would be $50, pays out $277. That's one of my entries. I love it. I think I love it. I really love Warren and Allen. I think I love Cook. So that's my entry for that game. Now we're going to move outside of weather, go indoors. This Browns-Texans game, I really, really dove into. So right now, CJ Stroud has a promotion on Sleeper where his over is set at 195 passing yards, 195.5. That's a 21-ish percent discount on his actual line set. So I'm throwing that into a to an entry that will basically my max on that is going to be $10. That's what Sleeper allows you. So I like the $10 play there. Give me CJ Stroud to throw for over 200 yards, basically. I'm going to stay away from Amari Cooper. I'm not going to fade him, but I, I think it's spooky. It's a little spooky. He went crazy last game. If I'm the Texans and I'm their defensive coach, the only thing I'm doing is game planning for Amari Cooper to stop him, and then I'm going to make my other guys play ball. I'm going to try to man up Ninjoku. I think it's going to be a tough matchup, but I think Ninjoku is going to thrive this game. I don't think it's going to be Amari Cooper as much. And Amari Cooper's come on, coming off of a heel injury, which heel injuries are tough. If it's a heel bruise or plantar fasciitis, don't really know. Those are tough. He's playing on turf indoors. I'm just saying be aware. So Ninjoku, you're up, buddy. 55 and a half receiving yards. Give me the over. Give me the CJ Straw passing yards. And then what do I think the Texans are going to have to do? 
I think they're going to have to feed uh, Nico Collins. Nico Collins, give me a receiving touchdown. This is one of the entries that I really like. It's three legs, Njoku, Collins, Stroud, 7.48 multiplier, $50 pays 374. I like it. Give me passing yards, receiving yards, and a touchdown by Collins, and we're rolling. I think that the Texans actually have a chance to win this game. I will say it there. Two more games that I'm going to touch, because I'm definitely not touching the Eagles game. Won't do it. Can't do it. Bucks Eagles, grossest playoff matchup of all time. Maybe. Not really, but kind of. Give me, give me the Packers, man. Packers versus Dallas. What do the Packers have to do to win? They need to feed Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, his line is set at 69 and a half. Nice. Rushing yards. Give me the over. Give me Tony Pollard to not his hit, not hit his rushing yards at 62. He's only gone over 62 one time in the last four weeks, and it was against the Commanders last week. They're not really feeding him. They're going to feed Ferguson. They're going to feed Ferguson. I think they're going to try to stop CeeDee Lamb. So it's the same thing. Give me the tight end. When there's a stud receiver and they're trying to give extra attention to him, give me Ferguson, 41 and a half receiving yards. He's hit three out of the four times in the last few weeks. Only did not hit against Detroit, which was a weird game. Had 70 yards last week against the Commanders. Give me Ferguson to have a few. That's two seam catches, dude. Dak loves throwing them seams. Loves checking the ball down. Ferguson's going to be involved. I like this entry a lot. Aaron Jones over 70. Tony Pollard under 62 rushing yards. Ferguson over 42 receiving yards. $50 pays out 270. 5.38 multiplier. That's my entry for this game. I don't know what the receivers are going to look like. I don't even know who's going to get fed in this game. It's going to be, in my opinion, a ground game by the Packers. Try to slow them down, get them uncomfortable, get them pressing so that Dak makes mistakes. That's what I would guess the game plan is going to be from what I know about how the Packers like to play football. And then last but not least, I have a banger entry here for you guys. This Rams-Lions game, in my opinion, is game of the week. Stafford makes his return to Detroit after 10 years of being there, something like that. The Lions have not had a home playoff game ever, I believe, in that stadium, ever, though, in their entire existence. And this is the first time. It, It might be the loudest place in the NFL this weekend. And this is the entry I have for you. First off, Sleeper has another promo, Puka Nakua, his line is set at 58 and a half receiving yards, which is a 20 something percent discount on his actual line. So I'm going to take that. That's my freebie. Puka's going to have 60 receiving yards. That's a lock. Then I'm going to look to the Lions. What do they need to have happen? They need a Monrod to pop off. Does he get over 87 and a half receiving yards? Yes. He's done it each of the last four weeks with 100. It's 112, 106, 90, 144. They need to feed him. They need to feature him, get him involved. Now, what do the Rams need to do? They need to keep Kyron Williams going because they do not want this game to all come down to Stafford because that's when crazy shit happens. Kyron Williams, 114, 152, 104, 87. His line set at 83 and a half. I like it. I like it a lot. I think they're going to need him. They're going to run the ball. That's how they're going to stay in this game. I think also on the flip side, they're going to need to get Gibbs involved in the run game. I think these teams need the run game to alleviate some stuff from the passing game. Doesn't mean the receivers aren't going to get theirs, but they're going to need to feature their backs. And that's why I like Gibbs. Give me Gibbs over 51 and a half receive or over 51 and a half rushing yards. I think those two backs are the backs for me that are going to have to play well to win this game. I think David Montgomery is going to get his, but I think Gibbs is going to be the X factor on the round in the run game on that in this game for that offense. Word bomb. Here we go. And last but not least, I have Cooper Cup over five and a half receptions. He's going to get his gimmies. He hits this really often. I think he's going to get involved in like flat routes, slide routes, off the play action. They like to use him there. So this entire entry would be a 26x multiplier. $10 pays out 260. And I'll read it one more time. Oh, I forgot Aiden Hutchinson. 
I have Aiden Hutchinson, half a sack. Give it to me. He's had five sacks in the last two weeks. This is a gotta-have-it game. He's going to be wired. Matt Stafford's not really mobile. Give it to me. This total script reads, Pukunukua, 58.5 receiving yards over. Amon Ross St. Brown, over 87.5 receiving yards. Aiden Hutchinson, over half a sack. Kyron Williams, over 82.5 rushing yards. Jameer Gibbs, over 51.5 rushing yards. And Cooper Cup, over 5.5 receptions. Give it to me. $10 pays out 260 That's what I got, man. I think this week, like, this week's crazy. It's it's my first time, like, really watching the NFL, watching the playoffs as a fan, like, on this side of fandom, and obviously doing, like, breakdowns and stuff, but I just really appreciate how good and unpredictable of an NFL season this was. This might be one of the most, like, entertaining seasons of all time, in my opinion, because you really didn't know who was who. Like, until the very end, like, were the Ravens really them? all season long like no not until like the last three or four weeks did we like crown them same with the 49ers the 49ers had an up and down season at different points lost some games here and there went on a losing stretch like there's not really like a top top dog or has not been a top top dog for all season it's been a dog fight all the way through and these teams like the beauty of the nfl is like this year's version of the dallas cowboys the green bay packers the lions the texans like it'll never be the same CJ Stroud won't be a rookie next year. He's going to be a second year player with expectations. Like those types of those storylines, those narratives are like so relative to right now. And I'm just here soaking it up, man. I'm excited. I cannot wait to sit on my couch or in my office and watch ball this weekend. I think it's going to be a blast. And I'm just, I know I have money on the line in some of this stuff, but I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy whatever happens, happens. Just be thankful that playoff football is finally upon us. And we got some good ball and a good slate ahead. So I appreciate you guys watching. I hope you enjoyed this this fast track of an episode to cover everything we needed to. And uh, yeah, man, until next week, it's just, it's dwindling down. The end is near. Enjoy it. I'll see you guys next time.